Thank you, Jesus. God is so good to us. Amen. And uh, I'm just I'm just having a reunion this morning. Amen. Adrian, come back. Praise the Lord. I, I, I didn't doubt it for one second. I knew the whole time. You say, oh, Pastor, you can say that. No, I'm telling you. I told him, brother, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Amen. I just got a peace in my heart, and I know you do too. He kept telling me, I got faith, Pastor. I got peace. And I said, the Lord gave you that. Only God can give you faith. It's a gift from him. He puts that down deep inside of you. And I said, but it's so good to, to see him here this morning, and it's good to have Mario and Bertha Niaves with us, and they've got their daughter Natalie with them. These are very dear friends of mine. We don't see each other very often, but they started this church with us. In fact, I'm trying to remember, you know, because it's been almost 23 years ago, but I believe they were in one of our first services, and they were there, and it was, yes, and they were a tremendous, tremendous strength and support to us financially. They were our friends when we didn't have any friends. And so I said, you know, I'm so grateful for them, and I love them, and I love whenever I get to see them and be in service with them. It's such a, a blessing. And so I saw them on Friday night at the wedding, but I'm so thankful, amen, for them in our lives. And we stay in contact. We pray for one another. That's what real friends do, amen. And I am just so honored to have my mama here this morning and my dad and my sister this morning here in the house of God with us. It's such a privilege and honor um, to have your family with you. Amen. And uh, I, I know that um, it's just a wonderful time and they're here in town. They leave tomorrow, but I just welcome them. And I know that you love them. Amen. Because they're our family, but you love them because you love Jesus. Amen everybody. And so I just praise the Lord this morning. I'm excited in Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Psalms 46. Psalms 46. And uh, you know, there's not a time that I come to get up behind the pulpit that I don't pray and seek the face of God. Uh, I, I, I have a strong conviction about making sure that whenever I come up behind the pulpit that I have something to say and that God has given me a word. And uh, this morning and last night, I kind of struggled a little bit just trying to pray and wrestling. I shouldn't say wrestling, just couldn't get any thought or anything. And as I laid there, no music, nothing, just worshiping God, that song kept coming over in my spirit, Be still my soul, be still my soul. And God said, that's what I want you to preach. Find it in the Word. Well, I know where it says in the Word, be still and know that I am God. But the Lord took me to the 46th Psalm. And uh, I want to read those 11 verses this morning. And then we'll pray and we're going to preach for a little bit here. How many's ready to hear the Word of God this morning? This is what the Scripture says in Psalms 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God and the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. 
she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. In other words, dwell on that for just a moment. Think on it. Meditate on it. Don't let it slip your mind what you've been reading. Consider it. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come and to break open the bread of life. And Lord, I feel your spirit so strongly upon me. I know that you're going to speak a word to this congregation this morning. Everybody here is here in the will of God. Nobody is here by happenstance or, Lord, by coincidence, but they're here because you want to speak this to them this morning. And so I pray that you will just hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Let me decrease so you can increase. God, let your word go forth and place your anointing upon me that breaks every yoke, God, and sets the captives free. Then that makes preaching effective and God will give you all the glory and honor in Jesus name we thank you and praise you and everyone in the church said praise the Lord amen so I'm preaching this morning this thought be still and know that I am God and uh, I'm convinced and persuaded it's God's timely word for you and I this morning you may not be going through something right now Uh, But you can take this message and you can stick it in your back pocket and you can hold on to it because there's going to come a time when you're going to need it. Amen? And so this morning, I want to speak it to you through uh, as the Holy Ghost speaks through me. The exhort from the Word of God is be still and know that God is God indeed. That's what he's saying here in the Scripture. The tragedy or the sad reality is that many professing believers do not know the God they say they do. But that is what God is after in you and I, that we may know who He is. The Apostle Paul said, I'm telling you, I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, that I may know Him. That I may know Him. Amen. In the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed unto His death, in the power of His resurrection, I want to know Him. Yes, we may go through suffering, but on the other side of that, I can tell you, is a victory shout amen on the other side of the Red Sea the children of Israel were shouting and dancing around about that shore thanking God for what he did in through them and giving them a and blowing a highway through the Red Sea amen he's a faithful God and we'll go through things in this life many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers them out of them all hallelujah and this morning 
this morning if there's one thing I want to get in your spirit is that you know who your God is this morning and you got to know that he wants you to have peace through everything because when you're trusting in God it's always without disappointment you will walk away from every situation knowing God is true and he's working in my favor amen well praise the Lord Shout with me this morning. Now God wants us to know Him. He wants us to trust Him. He wants us to walk in such confidence and faith and stillness and assurance. He's all that we need. Amen. Everything in this life is to move us away from that confidence and from that assurance. But we must know in whom we have believed. Praise the Lord. Now in this 46th Psalm, it's very encouraging. You know we ought to read the Psalms all the time. You ought to read the prophet. You ought to read the Word of God every day. Every day we need the Word of God. Why? Because the promises in the Word of God, everything you need, there's a promise in there for your life. But faith to believe that only comes when you read the Word of God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by... That's right. And that's why we have to read the Word of God so we have that faith. It encourages us. But this 46th Psalm is very encouraging. In fact, Martin Luther, the great reformer that began to see the change, uh, you know, and, the, and started the Protestant movement, which means protesting that, which was, the, he stood up in front of the Catholic Church and he said, I've been reading the Bible and we got some things wrong here. And they looked at each other and they said we got to get rid of this guy amen he he, he he's, he's gonna upset the apple card but he began to 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 nail that 99 thesis on the door there I believe it's a Wittenberg and he began to tell the Catholic monks and the priests we've got to read the word of God it's salvation through faith by the grace of God it's through the blood of Jesus it's through the work of the cross that's what it is I've understood this and he said any time that he had a discouraging news or he heard something discouraging he would say let's sit down and let's sing the 46th Psalm. It's historical document truth because it teaches us to triumph in God. It teaches us to rest in our almighty God that we say we believe in. He said in verse 1, He said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He is the anchor that holds. Amen. In spite of the storm, the anchor will hold. He is the master of the wind. Whenever the disciples were all, you know, uh, rattled and troubled as the storm began to kick up and it wasn't nothing but an attack of the devil as they were going from the place where God, where Jesus just saw 15,000 people. You say it wasn't 15,000 people. It says there was 5,000. Yeah, but that was just the men. That wasn't their wives and that wasn't their children. So we'll just say plus two. Amen? 15,000 people were fed from just a few fishes and a few loaves. They just saw a great miracle. And they also saw Jesus begin to provide for them something for their own family because they took up 12 fragments of 
of bas baskets full of fragments of fishes and loaves. God knows how to take care of the preacher. But they started out across that lake of Gennesaret and they were headed towards the Gadarenes and the storm began to kick up because the devil didn't want a man who had a legion of demons in him to be set free. But you can't stop the will of God. And so on the other side or in the midst of that storm the disciples just saw a miracle and now they're all rattled. And then the Bible says they woke up Jesus don't you know that we're about ready to perish? Well if you perish that means I'm going to perish and God's not going to perish. Amen. You can't kill eternal life. And so he spoke to the wind and said peace be still. And it calmed just like that. So he's an anchor that will hold in the storm. He's the master of the wind. The maker of the waves. He is the refuge that David spoke of in Psalms 91. And I always go there when I'm going through something. And I just say, Lord, I want you to hide me under the shadow of your wings. And the Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place, Psalms 91.1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. Amen. And my fortress my God in him will I trust surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler thank God he is an overshadowing presence to the people that choose to find refuge under the shadow of his wings Hallelujah. And Jesus even said in Matthew uh, 23 and something, He said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you like a mother hen over her baby chicks. God reminded me that a chicken on a farm, as the, the, the rains begin to come down and the hail begins to beat down, that mother hen will go and she'll wrap herself around those baby chicks. And there have been hens that have been peppered to death as the hail came down but the chick, the little chicks began to live because he is our refuge he gave that analogy to prove something to us that there's nothing that I will not cover you from amen hallelujah he is the, he is the shelter of, for us he is the shelter if we'll come and abide under his wings hallelujah of protection and refuge and so I'm excited this morning. He said, He, Amen, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So when you serve God, you don't have to worry about nothing. He's got you in the palm of His hand. He is the God who is there when we are in distress. He's the God that is ever present when you need Him. How do you know that, Pastor? Just because you read it? No, I know it because I've proved it. It's been proven in my life. 
when Sister Skiles and I started going to the prisons in 1995, and then Robert Frias talked me into going to TJ Prison. He said, you'll love it. It'll be the greatest thing. It'll change your life. Well, it sure did. Amen. We went into that TJ prison, and once we got in there, I, I'm telling you, I said, Lord, if you ever get me out of here, I'll never come back again. I'm in this prison in a foreign country. Here I am. There's people shooting up. There's little kids riding around on tricycles. There's, there's prostitutes in here. Every, it was so dirty and so filthy. They had a big old huge pile of trash, and they would go over there. The people didn't have anything. They'd pick scraps off of that heap to eat from and we're in there and we're walking through there and I had a guitar you know we were so poor we couldn't pay attention and I had a guitar that somebody gave me because the guitar I had I pawned at the pawn shop to get groceries well I'd love to have that one back amen but I had that guitar and I thought Lord I prayed this thing into existence here somebody gave it to me at the church and some old fella come up to me and he tried to yank that out of my hand. I grabbed it back. I thought, Lord, this is my guitar. Amen. I was scared to death. I'd never been in a situation like that. And I thought, are we ever going to get to the sanctuary? Are we ever going to get to the place where we're going to preach? And we're walking and we walk down a staircase after staircase. And we're on a landing. And Robert Free has told me, now don't let them get you off to the side now. Because what they do is they'll get eight or ten of them and they'll get you off to the side. And they'll mug you. I thought, well, all I got is $2 and a guitar. I don't even have a watch or a ring or nothing. And so we're walking down that church, going down into that, that chapel area, which was a lunchroom. And as we're walking down, some guy stuck a, 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 a shank in my side. Yeah, it wasn't a knife, it was a shank. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? My heart dropped to my knees, man. I thought, I'm going to get mugged for $2 in a Tijuana prison. When they took us into that, y'all laugh, I'm telling you. I was scared to death. When they put us in that, finally put us in that, that jail cell, which was about five by eight, and there was about six of us in there. When they shut that thing and locked it, I said, oh my God, I'm so thankful I'm here. On this side, nobody can get to me. And I begin, and the Lord said, now you're really going to sing and know what you're singing about when you're singing about the blood. Amen. He'll cover you and protect you. I never sang some amazing grace under such a heavier anointing and, and the blood of Jesus under a heavier anointing. And they, they said, we're going to go out. And I thought, oh Lord, here we go again. But we went out and God began to use us, began to use our team as we began to preach. He moved. It was beautiful. It was awesome. But I was put in a position where I had to trust God he didn't say that the enemy wouldn't try to scare you he didn't say that the fear wouldn't come he didn't say that but he did say in his word amen I will cover you I am your refuge I am an ever present help in your time of need and trouble oh yes you know 
I'm going to tell you, God puts you through those things so that when you go through other things, you know how to handle it. Amen. He gives you that faith. It's going to be all right. I was in Nigeria, and I'm in there with two armed deputies, three or four other pastors, and me, and the, the driver. And here I am, and we got pulled over at a, at, a, at a place where it was a checkpoint, and they had all the military there, and they got one of our military police out, and they like to slap that guy to death, man. I'm telling you. They were so mad at him. And they said, where's a paper for this foreigner? You know I could take him in right now. And I thought, Lord, I'm going to go to prison again. I'm sitting in the back seat of that van. And we had already lost our muffler about five miles back. They ran over a block. And I thought, Lord, I am four hours away from where I'm supposed to be. And I'm in the back of this van. And here's these armed guards. And they're going to threaten them. And they're going to say, you know what? It's our life or his. Just turn him over. And I said, Lord, you are my refuge. You are my ever-present help in time of trouble. He come over there. And he told everybody in that van. He said, I want to serve you. Notice right now. He said, I could take that white man right now to Abuja and put him and arrest him. And you know it. He said, the only reason I'm letting him go is because I'm feeling kind today. I thought, Lord, no, it's because God won't let you. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. He is an ever-present help. He is our refuge. And he said, if you have that kind of promise, then you don't have to be afraid. Amen. You don't have to be afraid. Therefore, we'll not we fear though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea you got to know we don't have to fear God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind in fact it is our duty our privilege to be fearless God hasn't given us that fear but he's given us a confidence a faith and a hope Maybe you're going through something this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm really struggling. I'm afraid. I'm concerned. I'm worried. Let me just share with you today. Take it from our brother Adrian. Hallelujah. Faith is stepping out and trusting God. You don't know, amen, what's going to take place. But you know, I put my faith and trust in God and what He's put in my heart. No matter what I experience along the journey, I'm going to make it to the other side of this trial he is saying have a lively faith in God and his promises and his providences though the earth be removed and mountains be carried into the sea the waters may roar the mountains may shake you cannot allow what you see to move you no sir you must rest in your God within you There is a river. Do you hear me? There is a river. The streams whereof make glad the city of God. That is the holy place where the ark dwells. In that beautiful tabernacle. And he's talking about a natural tabernacle. But God has given us a spiritual tabernacle. 
Does not the Bible say that we, our bodies, are the temple of the Holy Ghost? Does he not say that the Holy of Holies is right here within us and the kingdom of God dwells within us this morning? That's God's presence and God is in the midst of his people, his city. He shall not be moved or she shall not be moved. God shall help her and early or quickly or at daybreak. There have been times I went to bed but I woke up in the morning I gave it to Jesus and he began to give me a peace and the word of God says weeping may endure for a night but joy cometh in the morning amen joy cometh in the morning I remember when I was at the height of my COVID infection I was about six days in and I remember being in my bedroom and I'm in there coughing I'm down on the floor and I'm coughing and I remember my spit came up and it was pink and I thought Lord am I bleeding in my lungs I don't know God said don't look at it just keep praying just keep praying and I began to pray and I remember I had one of the worst nights of my life and I crawled out of that bed because we have an altar amen we have an altar hallelujah we have an altar that we can get a hold of God in and I crawled over to my seat and I poured out my heart I didn't have enough energy to hardly say Jesus but I said God you have to help me I'm here I don't feel like I'm even going to make it to the next day and the spirit of God came upon me and he said get up get in bed you'll be alright in the morning oh and I got up the next day hallelujah amen I put my feet on that on that floor and I just began to sit up and I said Lord I feel better I feel good you know I know I feel good because I'm ready to eat come on now I said I feel good he said I told you you'll be all right in the morning amen I don't know what happened but the great physician walked through the walls Amen. When you trust Him to be your refuge and your strength and your covering, you don't have to worry about nothing. Don't nothing trouble you. Amen. He's so faithful. And I'm so grateful today that I've had the experiences happen in my life that will bring me to a place that no matter what I'm confronted with, God will take care of me. He will take care of you. We say, Lord, I don't want to go through these trials. You'll never know the grace of God to comfort you. You'll never know the victory to bring you through it. You'll never understand the power of God or know Him in the way that He would love for you to know Him until you go through something. But when you come through it on the other side you know the peace of God that passes all understanding you know the grace of God that carried you through you understand that you say Lord I don't know how I got through that but I did by the grace of God he said be still and know that I am the Lord don't get rattled just know God's got this amen but he said that river there is a river I love that scripture. There is a river, 
The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. He's talking about the refuge of God. The strength of God. No need to fear. No matter what's happening outside of that city. Amen. You got to know that everything's alright within. As long as you're in that house. As long as Christ is sitting on the throne of your heart. As long as you're going to Him. He said there is a river. This is very profound. And I want you Bible theologians to get this this morning how it connects with other scriptures in the Bible and as we read this we understand the river is God's grace the river is God's grace if you study the word of God you know there was no external water source in Jerusalem everything came through streams or something else Israel or Jerusalem is not on the border really Jerusalem now Israel maybe but uh, but Jerusalem is not on the border of a major water source but God always provides for you and I And He provided for Israel. Under King Hezekiah's reign, if you study the Word, in the the Word of God, King Hezekiah was was king. And uh, the Assyrians made their way south to attack Jerusalem, thinking that they would starve out the Jews and, 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 and thirst them out because Jerusalem had no external water source. But God, being a step ahead, I could stop there and preach all day. God is a step ahead. Amen. He's a step ahead. He knows exactly what he's doing. Mary and Joseph had the threat of Herod, but God was a step ahead. He's already ahead of the adversary. He's, he said, David, don't lodge in the wilderness. I'm a step ahead of what uh, what's his son's name? Amen. Absalom. I'm a step ahead of what Absalom is going to do. I'm a step ahead. God is always preceding His people with intel so you know what and what not to do. And Hezekiah cried out to God. And God said, here's your answer, buddy. God being a step ahead led Hezekiah to dig a canal from the Gihon Spring to the pool of Siloam in the midst of that city. Of Jerusalem, walls. He 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 brought that water source within the walls of that city, and he absolutely spoiled and confounded and defeated the us the attack and the strategy of the Assyrians. And they had a water source within that city. There may be all kinds of threats outside of that city. Amen. And the whole plan of the enemy is to get inside. See, even if you go to the book of Job, and this ain't even on my notes, but if you go to the book of Job, you know that the enemy started externally and then he came even greater to hit the body. But what he was after was the faith that Job had. But he could not take what what God gave to him. Amen. He put that faith down deep within him. And Job said, though he slay me, I'll trust him. Amen. Even though my body may go to the dust and the worms eat it, I know my Redeemer liveth. And one day I'm going to see God face to face. Amen. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But no matter what, I know, amen, my Redeemer liveth. And I'm not going to curse God and die, foolish woman. Amen. I'm going to serve God 
and I'm going to maintain my integrity before God that He will not leave me nor forsake me. The enemy's always trying to come external first and then come inwardly. That's why he starts with things outside. Your job, your family, and all those kind of things. And he, he tries to touch your body. But ultimately what he's after is your faith. He wants to destroy that. But God gave that to you. It's a gift from him. There have been times I was so low and God said, go back to the word. And I began to read his promises and I said, Lord. He said, I'm doing that to build faith in you. When you felt like I wouldn't forgive you, you read the scripture that said, if you confess your sins, he'll be faithful and just to forgive. Woo! Hallelujah. When you got an adversary against you, he said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He never said the weapon wouldn't try. He never said the gates of hell wouldn't try to prevail against the church. But he said, upon this rock, upon the revelation of Christ, amen, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We serve a God who's our refuge, he's our protector, he's our keeper, and he's an ever present help in time of trouble and need. And he said, Be still and know that I am the Lord. There is a river, so let the heathen rage, let him bark, let the devil shake his uh, rattler, his saber. The river will make you glad. <laughs> that river in the midst of you will cause you not to be moved. But no, my help cometh from the Lord. Jesus is that river. Oh yeah, I just gave you the natural Old Testament type. And in John 7, 38 and 39, at the end of that feast, at the end of that ceremonial celebration on that eighth day, he stood up and he said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Are you Bible people getting what I'm saying? He said that river is within you. That river is within that city. But you and I are that holy of holy tabernacle. Amen. The holy, holy Spirit dwells here. Amen. And when you need God, there may be external circumstances going on around about you that are trying to cause you to fear or trying to cause you to you know, be afraid and, and run and be troubled. But he said, let that river flow in your heart. There have been so many times that there were things external, but I begin to go to my source, amen, to that river and let God begin to refresh me. And he said, just be still. Leave it on that altar and leave it there. I'm going to take care of you. He is a faithful God and the river will flow and he will give you that peace that you need. Oh, what a faithful God we serve. Hallelujah. God is so good. Almighty, hey, he said, whoever has a spiritual thirst because this life has left you empty and in need, come unto me and drink. And out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus is that living water and he is all 
that you need. He's all we need. We don't need Jesus plus an addition. We just need Jesus. I've tried to say, Lord, I've got you, but I need other things. No, I don't. He's been my counselor. Does not the Bible say he's the wonderful counselor? I've been there when people even told me, you need to go get a counselor. I said, no, I serve the wonderful counselor. Amen. And there were times I didn't feel like I had my right mind, but God gave me my right mind. Amen. He said, don't, don't fear. I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And there have been times I thought my mind was going to explode. But as I went to that river, I said, he said, Jonathan, all you have to do is go to that altar. You have an altar. You can pray and I'll touch you. And every time the Spirit of God will flow and He ministers to my ever-present need in that time. I can't explain it to you. It's like my dad always told me, I don't know how a black and white cow eats green grass and makes white milk and yellow butter but it does you got to trust God the pastor a couple days went back I went back and just walking and I felt it begin to come up again go to that source go to that source when he said you'll never thirst again he never said you wouldn't have a need he said you will never be in need of a th- you'll never have a thirst that cannot be quenched i will take care of you there's there'll be a resource there it's not a one time deal every time you need me i'll give you that grace of my spirit that's a spiritual grace and you it'll touch you and you'll be all right amen i was bombarded last night but you know what I, come, I told Sister Scholes, I'm going down to the church. I've got to pray. I just want to be by myself. And I come down here and fell in that chair right where she's at. And for some time, just poured my heart out to God. Wept and cried. Amen. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to lift this burden. He said, I'm the only one that can. I'm the only one that can fill that. There's not a person on this planet that can give you the counsel that you need. But the one who created you. Jonathan, and I will, if you'll come to me and not go to some external source, I will give you what you need. You don't need a drug. You don't need a pill. You need the gospel. Amen. You don't need anything but Jesus. And if you'll come and surrender yourself to Him, He will be everything you need. He said, this living water is all you need. If you remember, the woman at the well came. And she was trying to fill her life with everything else but the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And on that day, he said, if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. The water that I give. You take of this natural water. You know, you come here with this pot to fill this up. And what he was trying to say symbolically or I guess the word I'm trying to use he was inferring was that, you know, lady, you've tried to fill your life with the the void in your life with a man. And you're on number six. You've had five husbands, and the man you're with is not your husband. What you need is the seventh man. Who's that? Jesus. Isn't seven God's perfect number of completion? Just let that man named Jesus come into your life. He's all I need. He's all I need. 
Jesus is all I need. Devil told you you need something else, but God said, He's all you need. I'm going to tell you something as I close. The Holy Ghost told me to do this this morning. And I could pass this mic around, and there would be people that could share my testimony greater than even I can. But you know, the Lord told me this morning, share it again. Because there's power in that testimony. 2006, I fell off a ladder in this church on a concrete floor. Hit my head on this side. Cracked my skull in two places, was bleeding on my brain. When I came to on morphine, my dad was there. And I looked and I thought, what in the world happened to me? And I said, Dad... What happened to me? He said, son, he said, I've told you numerous, numerous times. You keep coming in and out, in and out. He said, you fell off a ladder. You had an accident. And you hit your head so hard that you have bleeding. And they're going to do surgery on you. You just need to relax, son. Just calm down and relax. Everything's going to be all right. I laid there in that hospital bed. And uh, I remember the nurses and the doctors would come in. They're checking me out and all of this stuff. I'm laying there in and out. And I think it really hit me. It really hit me when Sister Skiles brought the boys in and I saw them. You know, Cameron came in and he, he just kind of looked at me and he didn't really know what to make of it all. But, you know, I knew Jeremiah the prophet here. He's weeping. He walked in. He immediately started crying. And I thought, Lord, what is wrong with me that my kids, my son is responding like this? He came over and he just looked at me and tears just streamed down his face. I told Angela, I said, get them kids out of here. I don't want to see nobody. I laid there in that hospital bed and I said, God, you know, I surrendered my life to you in 1990 after I got out of high school. I was a troubled kid, a lot of things nobody knew about me. But God did. He began to deal with my heart. And I remember giving my life to Jesus. And whenever I committed my life in an old-fashioned altar, I got up from there and I said, Lord, I'll serve you all the days of my life. Well, as... Faith would take us and faith would have it. Not fate, but faith. God took us down a journey, married my wife. We were in ministry for many years at Living Waters. And in 2000, we started this church. And I had experienced several things in my life. But that was the pinnacle of trusting God. And I laid there and I said, Lord, I have preached for people to be healed. I've preached healing. I've prayed for people to be healed. I've watched you do great things. I've seen people demon-possessed, set free. I've seen people that were sick healed. I've watched this. And what I have down deep within me is not theory. It's reality and faith. And I said, I don't know why this happened to me, but I'm telling you right now, God, I'm not angry with you. 
Somebody said, you know, bad things happen to good people. I said, it only happened once on Mount Calvary. There's only one good, and that's God. Everybody else was born into this life in sin. We deserve nothing but eternity separated from God. But by the grace of God, He loved us and sent His only begotten Son that we wouldn't have to perish but have everlasting life. But as I laid there, I said, God, I'm not angry. I've watched people shake their fist in your face and say, why did you allow this to happen to me? And I said, but I'm not mad, God, because you've done something so powerful in me. You picked me up and you, I felt like a piece of trash, but you picked me up and you saved me and delivered me and set me free. And I, I sit here in this bed today or lay here and I love you and I'm asking you to heal me. I believe you can heal me. But if you do not heal me, I will still serve you. Because I love you and you loved me first. You are my portion. I said, I'll preach if you heal me. If you don't, I'll pray from this wheelchair. I don't know if I'm going to walk, talk. I don't know what's going to happen to me, but I know this much. You are my portion. And as I laid there, the Spirit of God come upon me. That river began to flow. It began to bubble up. And God spoke to me in my spirit and He said, every person that Jesus said, take up your bed or go wash in your eyes, every person that responded in faith got a miracle. And I said, Lord, what should I do? He said, take up your bed and walk. So let me tell you what old Jonathan P. Skiles did. I sat up in that bed, stood up, and I thought, there ain't nothing behind me. Amen. So the first thing we got to do is we got to cover this backside because I am Pentecostal and we cover ourselves. They put a, a gown. I don't know how it happened. I don't know if I grabbed it or somebody. I, don't, I think I was, I, I, at this time, I don't even really remember, but I don't know if I told them I'm going to go to the bathroom. And that was my cue to be part rabbit. But I grabbed that IV and I started walking, stumbling to the door. And as I walked out that door, every step I took, I got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And I walked all around that hospital hallway as those nurses and doctors were looking at me they were just batting their eyes, as Brother Clinton used to say, like a toad frog in a hailstorm. They couldn't believe what was going on. They said, why are you out of your bed? You're prepping for surgery. And I said, I'm going home. Amen. No, we're prepping you for surgery. I said, oh, no. One thing God told me was get out of that bed and walk. And every step I took, he told me, don't let them touch you. Don't let them touch you. Don't let them put a knife on your face. Don't let them do nothing. Just keep on walking, son. And I walked and I walked and I walked. And I walked all the way around that hospital uh, hallway, went back and sat down in my bed. And I said, I'm hungry. You never saw doctors come in there and nurses are looking at me and all this stuff. And I said, I'm hungry. You can't eat. I said, I'm going to eat. I'm hungry. They brought me a couple popsicles. I said, have you seen me? 
realize I'm 200 and ha ha pounds? Man shall not live on popsicles alone. Bring me something to eat. They said, you got to wait till tomorrow morning. I fell on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I went walking around the hospital. I remember walking down the hallway. And they're all wanting to come and see Pastor. And Becky said, hey, he's right there in the hallway. Just wave to him. Just wave and kept on walking. Went in there and sat down on my bed. They brought me popsicles and they kept popping their head in. This crazy man will not lay down. Next day, the nurse came in and told us, you're discharged. You can go home. <laughs> Fell on a Monday at 7, went home about, I don't know, 2 or 3 o'clock on Thursday. They never touched me. Amen. In fact, my sense of humor came back. They said, we're going to probably do plastic surgery. You're probably going to need it. I said, ma'am, you don't mess with perfection. You understand? You see this right here? Oh, now, folks, come on. My goodness. Come on now. I'm just being funny. All of this happened. God touched me. He is our refuge and our strength and our ever-present help in time of need. Amen. What I'm preaching to you today is that as you are going through your trials, and you're going to go through them, amen, it's going to happen. You and I have to know we can be at peace and be still and know in whom we have believed. Whatever you need, but if you don't take anything away from it, know this. He said, be still and know, know I am the Lord. You have to go through something in order to know who the Lord is. You have to know that. And you ought to thank God for the trials and tests that he brings you through to prove to you how real God really is. Amen. Almighty God, would you stand this morning? Worship team, would you come?